0: This is Two Girls, One Mike. The show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porn cast that dares to ask, when is the right time to buy your mother her first vibrator? I'm your co-host, Yvette D'Antoine. With me is my co-host, Alice Vaughn, who is very curious about if she should make a very important purchase for her mother.
1: Alice, what model of Hitachi are you going to get your mom? Okay, so I was thinking the wireless because... She is not going to handle. Or, <laughs> I, I know how big her bedroom is, but we were discussing this yesterday, and it is a legitimate question. And listeners, please write in info at two girls on mic. What is the right age to buy your mother a vibrator,
0: both for you and for your mother? Like, when is she ready to know that you're a person? We're not
1: getting matching. Like, no, no, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would get confusing. We have a wonderful guest with us today. We have comedian Hannah Dickinson with us today. We do. Welcome to the show. Hello. (laughs) Sorry. I wasn't sure when to chime in, but the thought of giving a mother
2: a vibrator that's the same as my own, like what if you get them confused? Like it's just too much.
0: Why would they be in the same household? Why would they be in the same goodie drawer?
2: Okay. Well, I don't know because you said you were a nomad. So maybe you're staying with your mom for a bit.
0: Fair. I stayed with
1: my parents for three months, so... I'm just not going to keep it in the same drawer, though. Fair. (laughs) But in all seriousness, like, I kind of have a feeling I'm gauging your sex life, and look, I'm 31 now. By the way, 30 does not count as being in your 30s. You've heard it on this podcast, because you're still not accepting you're in your 30s. You're still 29 plus one year. Oh, and, and sweetie. Spe- didn't, it's, shut up.
0: Look, I get it. Your forehead has not been affected by the rigors of gravity and facial expressions yet. So you're, you're able to deny it for a little longer than I was because I am a very emotive person and time did this to me. You can hold off for a few years and keep that denial. I'm just saying, we're white, it gon' bite you.
1: I know. But look, all I'm saying is, In my 20s, I was not mature enough to give my mother a vibrator. We still don't have the right relationship to do that. We're not Gilmore Girls' relationship. Uh. But... I feel for her and something needs to be done. And mother's day is around the corner and her birthday is not that far away. So here's the thing. Your mom's old enough. And, and I'm guessing wise enough
0: to be aware that you she's are having the wise sex. Enough. All right. She's wise no. to the world and not like she understands that sex is a thing you're having. Right. Like she's not that dumb. Great question. Um, Because I I think I have some friends that are sure that like their parents think they're not having sex with their long-term live-in partners. And I'm like, your parents aren't that dumb. You're convincing yourself that your parents are that dumb so that you feel better about the fact that your parents don't think about sex. They do.
1: That's true. My mother knows I've had sex. She's called during sex. (laughs) And did you answer? Yes. Did you keep having sex? Yes.
2: During the call? <laughs> Were you like, I have to call you back? She's like, Are you on a treadmill? You're like, Kind of. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. That's what I would say.
1: It's happened. It was early in the relationship. And it's because she, look, when I was younger, she used to call me like six times a day. And that's not an exaggeration if you have Eastern European parents or just narcissists they will do that to you. And sometimes calling during the deed was one of those things and look if I didn't pick up she would keep calling. Yeah, that's my mom was not she was a,
0: her parents were Canadian immigrants. I lucked out. They weren't crazy neurotic about things. They were like this is great. This is fine. It's just a safe. Yeah, I had to tell my
2: parents I had herpes and that was tough. <laughs>
0: Was it at a at an age where that was a conversation that had to happen because you lived at their house or
2: oh, so this was like six months ago. I was staying with them. oh and I was gotcha. very depressed about it. So my mom thought I was on heroin because I lost a bunch of weight because oh I God. like wasn't getting out of bed. This is actually sounding very depressing as I'm saying it out loud, but i've I've accepted it. it's fine. So I was very upset and my mom thought I was on heroin, and I was like, damn, I am looking good. Like, <laughs> I have lost a bunch of weight. <laughs>
0: I live in LA, so like, you're, if you're dying of cancer, people are like, have you gotten on a new diet? Are you doing Pilates? So, same. Yeah, yeah. they're like, give me your secret. Terrible depression, and I hate everything. Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: My mom's like, you have to tell us what's wrong. And I'm like sitting there with my yeah. mom and my dad like, fuck, like, what do I say? I don't have anything else. And I was like, you guys want to fucking know what the problem is? And they were like, yes. And I was like... <laughs> it's kind of like getting a shot. It's like three, two, one, bitch, I have herpes. And uh, my mom goes, oh my God, she was so relieved, which is so funny. She's like, your grandmother had that. And I'm like, all right, well now I'm definitely going to kill myself. So that's good. That's good to know.
0: Please tell me this is in your act because this is hilarious.
2: Well, I actually I don't talk about that part, but um I had to tell my brother because I did a half hour special and I I talked about it and I just like didn't want my brother to like hear from one of his like douchey friends be like,
0: yo your sister has herpes.
2: <laughs> so I had to call my brother and be like, Hey, by the way, I got herpes. Uh
0: yeah, just so you don't find out on Netflix. Yeah, I was
2: like, just so yeah, if anyone tells you, if there's a rumor going around, it's fucking true. And he was like, oh, I have canker sores. And I was like, God, my brother's a fucking prude. So I was like, okay, he doesn't even know what that means. (laughs) It's fine.
1: I've heard somewhere a stat that uh, I think it's like 67% of the global population have herpes. Higher. 83. Oh, higher than that. Last time I saw 87, but yeah, in that neighborhood.
0: So, oh, so we're not special. I am the weirdo here. I've never had a herpes of any
1: sort. Oh, wait, Alice, you have herpes too? Yeah, but I've had them since I was a kid. So on your mouth? Yeah, mouth, nose. And uh, one time when I was like 12 on my eye, that was weird and not pleasant at all. Don't Ooh. don't get eye herpes. Ooh. You know what's funny? When I was
2: go- doing a deep dive with Google, the eye herpes came up and I was like, you know what? At least I don't have eye
1: herpes. <laughs> that's got to hurt. It's going to hurt. Nothing Ooh. else. It hurts. Imagine. I'll never forget. Also, I had eye herpes when I went to Disney World with my family. You know, you win that. oof, geez. Say what you want about Mickey Mouse, but uh, he gets around. (laughs) It's the house of mouse. Anyways,
0: I dated a guy with herpes for a while and he had gotten it. I'm going to guess over a decade before just, you know, wrap it up if someone's uh, when you're sleeping with someone with herpes and try to avoid having sex when there's an active outbreak and it's fine. I think the biggest issue with herpes is it's physically unpleasant and the stigma. So I was lied to. That's how I got it. Oh, but I'm
2: like, Oh, like if I had known (laughs) I would have gotten it. Yeah.
0: Yep. Most people have it. It's just, like I said, I'm the weirdo here.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's one in three and it's two and three right here. So
1: (laughs) I just didn't fuck the right people.
2: Yeah, it's funny. You did, actually.
1: You just were safe about it. So Basically. How does that work? Do you have an application process (laughs) for who to fuck or who I fuck? Yeah. It's like, hey, I I need you to fill out this form and uh, provide a sample. Thank you. We'll process this in the lab, contact you in about three to four business days. I think it was just
0: I'm feeling bad about myself. Insert here. My 20s were a rough era, man. Like, look, my forehead looks this ratchet for a reason. (laughs) A lot of things went through me, in me, out of, like, it's just, I lived. I have no regrets. I had some fun. (laughs) Anna, any other STDs we should know about? I guess. Should we check off your medical history? Can we have? A, I brought a speculum with me in the back.
2: Yeah, no, I've never. I don't even have HPV, and I didn't get COVID, but I fucking got herpes. So it's just.
0: I've gotten and cleared HPV twice.
2: I think herpes is the big one. It's kind of the the shitty one because it's the punchline of every joke.
1: Oh. I also always assumed AIDS was the big one, but okay, cool. Let's go with herpes. Um, yeah, I think
2: AIDS is a big one, but you can't really make. F- yeah. Like, Herpes is a joke because you can't die from
1: it. You can't make fun of AIDS?
2: No. I remember in a improv class, someone was like, you can't make fun of AIDS because a lot of people have it. And I'm like, I guess, okay, but... Herpes, you can make fun of all day. I don't know.
0: I think you can make fun of AIDS now that people can stay alive with it for a long time.
1: I've heard some fantastic Donald Glover AIDS jokes, so I don't know. Maybe you just haven't heard the right AIDS joke.
0: <laughs> I'm going to ask. I have a gayian comedian friend. I'm going to add, and he is out about his HIV uh, status, uh, his HIV positive status. I'm going to ask him, "What's the deal with AIDS jokes? Are AIDS jokes <laughs> on the table? Is it is it too soon on the AIDS jokes?" Yes. My litmus.
2: The way I look at AIDS jokes is now the way I look at herpes jokes. I mean, I would make an AIDS joke just because it's not really my joke to make. Like, enough people have AIDS, and if you're dealing with it, you should be able to talk about it. That makes sense. I get annoyed with herpes jokes because I'm like, bitch, you're probably next because I didn't really know how serious it was until I fucking got it. I mean, it's not serious, but you don't realize how many people have it because. It's so embarrassing,
0: I guess. Like the quote embarrassing part about it is that we put a thing on it saying, this is embarrassing. You did a bad thing to get this and you fucked up if you got it. And you didn't fuck up. You mean, you did a fun thing to get this. You went out and had sex, which is a completely normal. Like this is like, if you want to not talk about this anymore, we can but like, this is the thing we talk about on the show. It's like, it's to try to yeah, no. educate the masses on the fact that herpes is a thing that happens when people have sex and it's pretty normal.
1: So, speaking for testing for diseases, we watched a porn. (laughs) Yeah. That's my segue. Nice. She is our segue queen here. And
0: indeed, we watched a porn. And I want to give the audience a heads up here. We watched this last week, and I was, as happens to me sometimes, because I am a a broken human physically, I was in pain and we had to delay our recording a week. I have forgotten the very little things that happened in this porn. Uh, We watched um, The Office parody. This was a, a a Leroy Myers production, correct? Yes.
1: Yeah, it came out in 2010. It was a Leroy Myers production. When I graduated high school, I was in my second year of college, so I had already graduated from grad school. This was done, I want to say, in 2009, and it was an AVN Award nominee for best videography and uh, best really? supporting actor. Huh. Nominee, not a winner. Okay, okay. I mean, here's. A- I mean, even still, to get a nom, this is not great. Not for the writing, I'll tell you that. Um, Leroy, oof. you know
0: we were honest with you, and this is this is why you occasionally listen to us, Leroy. It's just, they do such good work that when they have a
1: stinker, we're very sad about it. They were up to season six when the porn debuted, so it was pre-Michael Scott leaving just to set the stage for anyone who's an Office fan. So Hannah, you're an Office fan. Uh, if someone's never watched The Office, the non-porn version, how would you describe it?
2: I mean, I feel like the title is pretty self-explanatory, right? It's about an office. It's a workplace comedy. And that's Michael Scott is the boss who is played by Steve Carell. And he kind of runs the show and is the manager. And I guess the whole joke is that his job is literally not important. He does nothing but distract people all day. And then Jim and Pam. Pam is the receptionist. Jim is the normal guy of the office, I guess you could say. He's like the least character and they have a romance, which I don't, I, I guess we don't want to get in the porn yet, but I, I do want to touch on that, how they replayed that. But yeah, so it's just basically everyone's a character and that's kind of how it goes because if you think about the amount of episodes there are, it's just random shit that happens every day, but it's all about how each character deals with it, which makes it so funny.
1: What I found so fascinating when I was researching The Office, uh, the regular one, so it's shot in a mockumentary-type way, and in order to get that feel of an actual documentary, I had no idea about this, but they hired the same cinematographer who's known for directing episodes of Survivor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. So that's how they were able to get that rough and jumpy cuts like an actual documentary in, like, the first two, three seasons. That's dedication.
2: I just imagine that videographer, like... Replied to this job request and was like yes, and then he gets there. And he's like, oh, this is not the office. I'm fucked. Yeah, like imagine being like, this is my chance. I'm gonna do network television. And then you're like, oh, I mean, it's shock great. I'm not trying to diminish porn, but I
0: just I was confused about why this episode of The Office was shooting in the Valley.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're like, this is weird. Uh, why is everyone so hot? I got the shot in
0: Burbank. That's not Steve Carell.
2: Yeah, it felt. um, I gotta be honest. I had to fast forward a lot because I'm also on my work computer. So like, this <laughs> episode is an hour and a half.
0: You're a brave girl to watch this on your work computer. I don't brave. Cra- I'm not sure which. But I work
2: for Comedy Central, so it's oh, like. Oh, okay. I mean, Never mind. It was midday, and it, I was like, "Fuck! I hope they don't think I'm jacking off to this." I what's the word? That's not jacking off. Whatever.
0: Jilling off. I uh, used to work for the government and we had, it's true story. I was a government scientist before I reviewed porn for a side gig. And we had a guy there who uh, was nicknamed porno Bob because porno Bob, this was a little bit before I got there, but the, the rumors lived on because he would have cam girls and porn and whatnot up at his desk for ages before they, like years before they finally fired him. Because apparently he just had a lot
1: of good ideas, man. I'm fairly confident that only if you're connected to the office Wi-Fi, if they're tracking it, they can tell uh, what sites you're on. But I could be wrong. So if you're just using your work computer and you're, you know, at home, they probably can't tell.
2: Yeah, they also – but we're also not blocked from anything because – I mean, I was in a video called Pornhub Captioner, which was a joke about like someone who captions porn. So. Oh, my
0: God. I remember that.
2: Yeah. So it's all just
0: hilarious. Like
2: they don't block anything. And if I were to be like, oh, yeah, I was on a podcast about porn. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So it wasn't that. But I I did have a moment of like, I hope this person can't. And then I was embarrassed because I'm like, does someone think I've been like masturbating for an hour and a half? Like, who has an hour and a half length? Like that's a feature film.
0: I was just worried that you had like a day job, like balancing books for like a, a local store or something. I don't know. I had no, I just look. I just, And they give me a computer. Could you imagine? <laughs> I was concerned. Okay. I just, just hearing Comedy Central made that make complete sense. So yeah, I guess it would be alarming. Yeah, but no, I mean, it's,
2: but it still crossed my mind because if I'm um, like, if they can see, I was actually just more embarrassed that, by the video, honestly, because it was just so bad. I'm like, I hope they don't think I have this taste in porn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like of all the stuff we've watched, this is this is bottom five. Yeah. Little disappointing.
2: I mean, I know Alexis, Texas, not like very well, but like I met her because my really good friend was her dog walker. So we used to walk her dogs all the time. And like I met her one night. She has a sick apartment and like she's really cool. So I, I felt like I don't want to shit out too much because, like, Alexis Texas is fucking cool, but um, not her best work, I would say.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff about this where it felt really forced. So, for example, like, the was Alexis Texas the one playing uh, Michelle, a.k.a. Michael, in this? No.
2: She had a smaller role. I was like, they should have brought—I know, I thought that the fact that they made Michael the main boss, I thought that they had her be a woman— I was like, wow, feminism in 2010 in porn,
0: they gender reversed the boss of the office and the porn pair. The hmm. We're getting so far, ladies. So far. Yeah, this is what we wanted.
2: But the other thing was like Jim and Pam is like, that's the whole thing of the show is that they have a will they won't they for two seasons. And that was the first thing in the porn. Right. They couldn't
0: even hold that out until the last scene. I've seen like two episodes of The Office in my life. Just, it was on and I watched it. I know very little about the show. The only thing I know culturally from it being out there is the Steve Carell character is a dick uh, and Jim and Pam don't fuck for ages.
1: Well, it's less that the uh, Michael character is a dick. It's more like he's kind of not the brightest, I would say, boss in the world. Socially inept, From what I recall when I was watching the porn, so uh, two things. First off, I went back and I actually, I watched The Real Office. Uh, They have an episode on sexual harassment because, of course, they would. I was watching that and I was like, they tried emulating, I felt like, some scenes of that. So, for example, there was like one scene where Michael is confronted by lawyers on sexual harassment. And in the porn, he ends up banging the lawyers or she ends up banging the lawyers but it just, it felt kind of forced in the porn versus like, okay, this makes sense in the real one. In the real one, by the way, they also have like a blow-up doll where Michael uh, whips out to talk about sexual harassment and what is and what isn't sexual harassment. In this case, they bring out a stripper who, you know, they they perform or they have sex in front of a crowd. And I don't know. I just, it felt very forced
2: Yeah, I also just don't think sexual harassment's a good thing to bring up in a porn. Like, of all the plot points that they could have gone with, why the sexual harassment
0: in a porn? Number one, like, there's never the idea that, hey, this is transgressive, so it's bad, so we should stay away from it. They're like, oh, it's transgressive, lean in. And they're like, there's already sex in the scene. Even though it's harassment, we could use it to be sex because they're awkward. It's an awkward character. We can do that. It's sex. We can lead into sex with the harassment even though it's harassment so we can use it.
1: But there were also like parts in the real one they could have like leaned in so if they were taking the angle of like hey we're going to lean into the office episode like Daryl at one point in the real office episode like talks about they're watching like this sexual harassment video and there's a redhead in and he's like yo I boned her like she's a freak and then Michael Scott announces it to the office like we could have had a flashback scene of, like, Daryl boning the redhead. But we didn't get that. And, like, that's a missed opportunity, in my opinion.
0: There was laziness to the research and development to this porn.
2: Yeah. I also thought, like, in the show, they have a lot of confessionals. Yeah. And I would have loved to have a confessional after the sex and been like, how was that? (laughs) What did they think of that? Because I never know. That's the thing with porn, like, uh, this girl, uh, Rachel McCarthy, she's a comedian, has this really funny tweet that I always think about when I watch porn. and it's it's just this quote that's like, "Ugh, that's disgusting. me to porn after I come because you're just watching it like you've come and you're like, <laughs> okay, well, you're looking at it differently now.
0: The shortest measurement of time known to man is the time between when I come and when I close the browser with my porn on it
2: exactly. But I wonder like I you guys would know do porn stars do they ever walk away from a performance and they're like fuck I didn't really give my all today Sometimes yeah
1: Probably. You have a number of different feelings, I would say, as a porn star. every I mean, because it's really performative. I mean, we have girlfriends who they'll they'll talk about, they're like, yeah, I'm on top of him for 20 minutes and it sounds like I'm orgasming. No, I have a cramp in my leg. Uh, you got to
0: work through it. Got to find another position to slightly move your leg without losing that, that angle so they can still see the vagina, you know, but... We had uh, Cherie DeVille on, and she said that if she's really come, like, she'll fall over. She's like, yeah, you, could, you can kind of tell with some of them, but, like, you know, there are days when it's not happening.
2: Yeah, like, for this, I was just like, this is not following the plot well enough. The characters aren't really adding up. No. But do they give a shit? Are they like, this plot's off. Who gives a fuck? It's not about that. Is it about the porn exactly? Is it about the act of the sex or is it why is there all this of like the why even
0: try to have I wish you had been with us at the beginning of this like you would have enjoyed like the journey we went on through this podcast of like learning like all the the things that go in like yeah, this is this has been our adventure of running this podcast because we didn't know any of this stuff. There are porns that like there's good acting in some of them and huge, like the big Lebowski Triple X. Can you send me a link to that? Oh, yeah. I would love to watch it. Girl, we will absolutely hook you up with
1: them. <laughs> I need some good porn. I wish yes.
0: like- Oh yeah. The Big Lebowski Triple X probably has the best cinematography of all of them. Great like the acting. bowling, uh, the dream sequence is incredible.
1: Fap to the Future, just for the puns. Fap to the Future is the best half hour, like self-contained. The Star Wars porn is a re- scene by scene recreation of Star Wars.
0: With an hour-long plot. Oh, yeah. Like, there are some of them that are that we've seen that are amazing. Uh, Borat. Horat. The parody Ma'am. is Horat.
2: Because what were the three I sent you? I said Sex and the City, The Office. Oh, Golden Girls. Because I think I was curious on how they would do that. But I guess it's kind of like don't meet your heroes. Like, don't <laughs> watch porn that you enjoy the actual show to. Because the whole time I'm like, this is fucking wrong. I'm like, if you're doing it wrong, if you're going to do it, do it fucking right. But then I'm like, maybe I'm criticizing it incorrectly. No,
0: you're not wrong. You were right. Don't worry. Yeah. That's the thing about art. If you don't like it, you don't
1: like it. You were right. (laughs) You were absolutely right. (laughs) And we had just watched a Sex and the City porn and I haven't watched enough Golden Girls. So I said, fuck it. Let's do The Office. And I have to say, though, there was one good bit, which was the stapler bit. Yeah.
2: I'll give him that. I got to be honest. I had to fast forward. I couldn't watch the full hour
0: and a half. I, I got through. It's okay. Unless they stay in character, I don't watch the sex. That's the secret to reviewing porn. You don't watch the sex unless they're in character. And also I was like getting horny. I'm
2: like, I'm supposed to be eating lunch. Like, I don't know if this is like appropriate to be doing this midday. Like I can't go midday. And I guess I probably should have gone back and watched it since we pushed it a week. But I was just like, yeah, I sat down, you know, I took my Vivance and I was like, all right, I'm going to take notes. And then I was like, what am I doing? This is fucking weird. Like, or no, it's not weird, but you know what I mean? I was like, I'm taking this too seriously. And then I didn't realize also it was an hour and a half. And I'm curious an hour and a half. Like, who watches that start to finish? Well,
1: the reason they're an hour and a half is not because people watch it start to finish. It's because, if you think about it, how the old days of how porn was made, it was, all right, so you'd watch a scene, jerk off, and then, like, cut, and then, you know, uh, you'd pop the VHS in for, yeah, you know, another was... 15, 20 minutes, and then, uh, you know, you'd you'd have... It to use for like, you know, four or five sessions. Yeah. That VHS was your one thing you'd have for the next, you know,
0: pre-internet days. Those three minute chunks of time that would last you a while until the next shame filled trip to the store to buy it.
2: Yeah. I guess the porn, it would be like comedy too. Cause it's like, it used to be, you'd have to go or whatever whoever put out an hour. That was all you saw. So I guess now it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. with porn it's like yeah it used to be an art form kind of like comedy and movies yeah that's kind of our point too it's tough
0: we've been very spoiled by the uh, the
1: era of instantly available clips
0: once upon a time paul rubens had to destroy his career to get off at a theater you kids don't know
1: I have to say, though, that uh, the one good thing about this porn is I got to look into the history of that's what she said. And my question is, have you ladies ever looked into where the origin of that's what she said comes from? No. Do tell?
2: Well, I was going to say that the guy who gave me herpes, he (laughs) made a that's what she said joke, like, not ironically, before we hooked up. Because we actually ended up seeing each other. But it was, like, one of the first moments he did that, and I was like, ugh so uncomfortable and I was upset about it, but I was like, you know what? I do comedy, so I didn't want, you know, guys are always like, you're too harsh on guys. They're just trying to be funny and they're trying to, they're just trying to impress you so you can't judge them if a joke is bad. So I remember that. I was like, all right, I'm going to forgive it. But Ugh. then that guy gave me herpes. So I'm like, I fucking knew it. The, that's what she, she said joke. I should have fucking kicked him out of my house at that moment
1: uh yeah you should judge men by their comedy yeah (laughs) no that's fair
2: yeah yeah. I mean funny guys are fucking full-blown psychopaths so I can't be too harsh but anyway we can go back to I'm just saying if that's what she said any guy who does a that's what she said joke in my mind now I'm like you gotta get away from me
1: I can't it's fair it's like having them name Trevor just stay away
0: (laughs) yes yes Or guys that that swear to me that I just don't get Dane Cook because he tells it like it is.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was in middle school, so he was really the talk of the
1: town, but I was in
2: middle school, so. That's allowed.
1: You have an excuse. (laughs) So how old do you guys think the phrase is, that's what she said? No idea, not a clue. I don't know. Early 1900s. What? Yeah. Okay, so the origin of that's what she said. Do you guys have any idea? Just lay it on me. Okay, so it's based on the British phrase, as the actress says to the bishop, because in English theater, actresses commonly use prostitution to supplement their stage income. So, similar to today. And in fact, there are actually performances on stage often worked effectively as a form of advertisement to men in the audience, and they could generally request uh, an audience with the given actress via so-called orange girls, women who literally sold oranges to the audience members. And because of these, quote, loose morals of the actresses, clergymen, they spent a lot of time with actresses trying to get them to turn from their sinful ways. So, because of that, it was super common for actresses to confess their sins to bishops. And somewhere along the line, no one really knows exactly when or where, it became super common to say, said the actress to the bishop. (laughs) Eventually, that became, and that's what she said. Oh, my God. Mm. The furthest I could find in the U.S. comedy is like Chevy Chase on SNL saying it, you know, in Weekend Updates. But uh, I also know it was in Wayne's World, but that's the origin of that's what she said. That is your history lesson for the day. That's what she said.
2: I guess that actually impresses me more, to be honest. I'm like, oh, it's a historical phrase. You know what I mean? It's not like some jerk off like named Trevor thought of it in at a frat party. It's like, oh, no, this actually goes back to Shakespearean times, so fuck you. I think it makes it better.
1: It does. Although, my question is this. If your name is like Trevor or Brad or you have a stereotypical frat name, why haven't you considered changing your name?
2: <laughs> I mean, my question is why have none of you texted me back? So it's – I dated a Trevor in college, and uh, I always laugh about it because I was he was like kind of upset me. You know, just disappointed me like most Trevors do. And I was so upset when I was 19, you know, just so sad.
0: I think now if you meet a Trevor, you just have to not date him. Like all Trevors are out.
2: I mean, I dated a Whitney. I think that might be worse.
0: A a what?
1: Wait, a Whitney? A Whitney. Was it a female or male? It was a male.
2: He's from Vermont and like went to ski school. So to me, everyone's like.
0: I think the hint was ski school. (laughs) I think the hint was Vermont. Not his
1: name was Whitney.
0: I think that's the first time I've heard of a man named Whitney.
1: If you're a guy named Kira Sedgwick, call me. I just want to meet you.
0: If you're a guy named Danny DeVito, call me.
1: Hell yeah. I'm sure he would, too. Oh, please, God. What else is there to do during
0: COVID? Actually, he might be happily married. Who knows? He is. We just... He is, right? We're just saying. If they're into the weird stuff... Right?
1: How about this? Let's go off porn topic. Worst guy you've ever dated. Let's go with that because oh. we're already talking about Whitney's and ski schools.
2: I like feel bad. I'm like, when was actually a pretty nice guy, but he was, uh, no, he wasn't. He asked me to play the quiet game. I like look back on
1: things and I'm like, the quiet. Oh, so bad. The Honey, what's a game? quiet game? And uh, does it in- involve you being, wait, okay. No. How long can you be quiet for?
0: That sounds like a thing they did to us when we were five
2: yeah it uh and he's the longest guy I dated in New York so or that's the longest thing I've dated. So it's, dating in
0: New York sounds like hell. then again, I live in LA so
2: I mean I, I lived in LA for a long time and uh, I thought LA was bad. I was like when I moved to New York it'll be better and it's somehow worse, I think.
1: You get all the creative guys in LA and you get all the finance wannabes in New York. I think whatever hell you're currently
0: experiencing always feels like the worst kind of hell.
1: Yeah. I always assumed that the creative guys were worse for me than the finance guys, because I don't know, like statistically, at least a finance guy. I'm like, you'll do eventually, I guess, maybe well for yourself. I don't know. Maybe you'll stop yellowing all your like money on rent. But I don't know. I felt like the gig economy guys, it just they were more flaky.
2: Yeah, and it's also like they took themselves so fucking seriously. And I was like, okay, buddy, your band, if we're going Dutch and I have to hear about your band, like, fuck you.
1: I guess the one thing I'm proud of is that I never dated a DJ. I did all right, actually. I haven't dated a DJ either. Oh, so you're good too. (laughs) Yvette? I dated a couple
0: of magicians, so I think that might be worse somehow. It's like, now you see it, now you don't. I do think that might be worse. (laughs) I think that's definitely...
2: But did you go to the Magic
0: Castle? Oh, I definitely did. That had nothing to do with dating the magicians, though. That was a a separate... Like, that was a a gay
1: magician friend set that up, but... But it helps with the abortion. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now you see it, now you don't. And it's disappeared. (laughs) No, but... (laughs) Yeah.
0: Worst guy I dated... I think I've told the story of the guy that I, I accidentally sent somebody to punch... Before, right? What? Okay, so this is, you can accidentally send a person to punch someone, and I did it once. Uh, How much do you pay for that? I didn't pay. It was an accident. Like I said, like this (laughs) this is a freak of nature event. All right, so I dated this guy, and he was for, I met him at a wedding that I was a bridesmaid at. You know, we started like chatting afterwards. We couldn't get off the phone. I liked him. Anyways, we're dating long distance for a bit. I had friends at that wedding tell me, please don't date him. He had friends say, please don't do this. I did not know why until after i have been dating for a while. And I realized he was this type of guy who would say, I don't want to have an open relationship and then just cheat. Uh, so that was fun. But, uh, I was just kind of starting to realize, you know, I was putting pieces together and I'm like, this is not what I want. I just, I didn't know quite how to like, you know, breaking up over the phone when you've been long distance. is just, I didn't know how to. Anyways, I'm a big Red Sox fan. He, I'm from Boston originally. You can tell the neuroses. Uh, but he uh, he was from Texas. He was a big Rangers fan. That year, the Rangers had won the World Series. And the Red Sox and Rangers, I believe, were playing opening day. And I had a bunch of uh, Red Sox fan friends that were going to be at the game. They'd flown from Boston because I have friends who are fucking dumb. Uh, I, sorry, passionate, passionate. Anyways, he said to me at some point that he saw a bunch of Red Sox fans that were being rowdy and really funny in the box he was sitting. He's like, yeah, I've got boxy. He's, yeah, I'm here. I've Got Foxy. There are a bunch of hey. There are a bunch of Sox fans in my box that are being really rowdy. And at that point, I'm like, I know I've got friends that are there, and I know that some of them have box seats too. And I'm like, there's no fucking way. But I'm going to shoot my friend Dan a text now. Dan is. He's an arms dealer. He's a large man. Uh, he's 6'3", about 300 Just, he's He looks intimidating. Uh, my friend Matt, who also, I don't know if Matt had a crush on me, but he also, you know, big brother type mentality, very protective of me. And I send Dan a text uh, saying, hey, if you see a guy, and I describe what Krauss looks like, and, it, and I end up with answers, you know, he's probably wearing a Rangers jersey uh, with his last name on it, and answers to the name of Kraus. do me a favor and punch him. And Dan looks a foot to his right. And lo and behold. there is my soon to be ex out of 40, 40, 50,000 people that fit in the Rangers said, 50,000. How? How? So cross, I believe like five seven five eight. I'm, and he's, you know not a very big guy. He feels a tap on his shoulder and he looks up to a very tall man saying, "Hey, this you, and he shows him the phone. How would you react if you are Kraus in this situation? <laughs> would that mind fuck you so hard? And then here's the thing. Then the Rangers score. Krause cheers because of course he does. Dan shows the phone to Matt. Matt sees it, looks over at Krause, gets very enraged, and punches Kraus in the ribs. Oh, man. And before I know any of this happens, like before Dan messages me to confirm anything, this is all gone down. <laughs> I didn't actually want him to punch the guy. So yeah, I accidentally sent somebody to punch the, and like I broke up with him
1: not that long afterwards, but that's the thing that happened. There's so many instances in which I wish I could accidentally have an ex punched. So what I'm saying
0: is I struck a chord in the universe that day. something magical happened I don't think I'll ever be able to tap into that again yeah was that guy okay oh he's, he's fine <laughs> he's fine like he he, compl- he whined a lot about his ribs hurting but he was a very whiny man so like there are reasons that I wanted to not be with him anymore yeah
2: I think if someone punched me I'd soak that up for a bit yeah just, I'd be
0: like I'm gonna
2: complain about this for a while it's like
0: dude you're a guy from Texas complaining that a guy from Boston punched you oof walk that one off walk that one <laughs> yeah. off Get, yeah. Find your pride. <laughs> find your pride. Or did you
2: feel justified at the end? Were you like, oh, I, I kind of felt like... I like that'd be a good practice for how you'd feel.
0: Like, I didn't actually want him to get physically injured. Like, I... I don't know if it was a very hard punch. Like if it was a, a little tap, like it, it's funny, but if it was like a really severe, like like a, I'm going to hurt you punch, I feel bad. <laughs> he didn't deserve a physical uh, maiming. You don't expect to make a joke with a friend and then have a person uh, punched on your behalf. That was very strange.
2: At least you know you have a good friend that comes out of it. You're yeah. like, oh, I have a good fucking friend. I have a
0: friend that will punch, that will commit assault for me. Uh, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, kind of. I'm like, yeah, I have friends who are like, I will fucking punch that guy in the face if I ever see him. And I'm like,
0: will you? Literally no questions asked. Punch the guy in the ribs for me. I'm like, I was
1: kidding. <laughs> That's a good fucking friend. I feel like now we have to all test our friendships of how far will our friends go for us. Find a friend and be like,
0: all right, let's see if I can get someone to go to jail for me.
2: I know. My friend in Seattle, when I told my herpes, he was like talking through the details of how he was going to kill him. And I was like, you know what? This isn't even, he was like getting so <laughs> specific. And I was like, this isn't even
1: like funny anymore. This is getting kind of creepy. See, I haven't uh, thought about how I would plan murder, but I have thought about I don't know why lately. So I've been watching a lot of home renovation shows and flip or flop uh, type shows. (laughs) Welcome to your 30s. Flip or flop. Yeah. Okay. But I have been thinking about burglary. Okay. So work with me, ladies. All right. So I know
0: New York isn't a two way call statement. Neither is California. Do you consent to me recording the. Oh, wait. We already are.
1: (laughs) Carry on. We're recording this and backups. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But. When they show up for the auctions when they're purchasing a foreclosure or whatnot from the banks, they're showing up with cashier's checks. And then I'm realizing to myself, holy shit, you have a parking lot Full of people, about like anywhere between 15 to 30 people, depending on the area and how many bids are going out that day, that have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of cashier's checks on them. So if I ever was going to hold people at gunpoint. So this is your confession is what you're saying.
2: But I think checks are hard. My brother, uh, he like runs a business and someone stole a check and they didn't think you would notice. And then they, like, cashed it and gave it to a friend. But it's, like, very easy to trace that way.
0: Yeah. Because
2: on some level, because there are numbers and, like, it's tough. I mean, I guess if it was straight cash, I think it's easier to steal. But, like, checks are, they're traceable. And I think banks get suspicious of them.
1: All right. How to track
2: cashier's check. But I also think cashier's checks, like, people who, right? So if it's, like, they're giving you cash for it, they're trained to know... Or maybe they're not. Maybe I'm just overthinking it.
0: I've done way more thinking about how to get away with murder than how to get away with robbery, but that's probably my forensics degree.
2: That just means you're doing great. Like I just, I'm (laughs) just saying, if you ever need
0: to move a body, you're doing
2: great financially, not so great emotionally, and I'm there with you, sister. Yes.
0: Like I'm just, Uh, I'm just saying, if you ever need to move a body, I literally have a degree in knowing all the ways that you will get caught. So I've thought about how to not get caught, and I'm not. I'm not going to reveal those secrets on the air. Uh uh-uh, uh. No. That's just saying, here's exactly how I'm going to do it, and you're going to figure out the ways around it. So, no. Uh uh.
2: Have you guys seen, um, promising Young Woman? I just saw it and it was amazing. What is it? It was amazing. Yeah. What is it? It's this? a film. You have to watch it on Amazon. Yeah. It's, uh, $20, but it's, it's amazing. It. What is it about? It's about a woman getting revenge for her friend who was raped. OK, it's like the most psychological revenge. And I was like, yes, like it was really empowering. And uh, but it kind of fucked
0: me up in a way. Be warned, there is a scene of some severe domestic violence. Uh, if you do choose to to watch it, but yeah. they went in pretty hard on some things in there, and they weren't uh, they didn't shy away from the subject matter at all. The type of uh, psychological torture she uses on the guys—if you don't want to hear anything about this—fast forward ahead about a minute. Um, she goes to bars, uh, like acts like she's very, very drunk, and you know the guys. No matter what, every single night that she goes out, a guy tries to take her home and take advantage of her, and then she perks right up and is like, "Hey." I'm totally conscious, and suddenly they don't want to fuck her anymore for some reason. Yeah,
2: so it's all psychological. But I just liked it because, because I'm like, you're a sane person, so you're like, well, obviously I'd never actually kill someone, but I can't even like <gasps> plotting murder for someone. I'm like, I don't even want someone dead. Like, I no. want someone to fucking think about what they did and like accept consequences. And it's only been recently that I've been like, oh, men actually just don't have that; they just don't think about that. Which I'm like this might be too dark, but I'm just like, the revenge that I want is always like, I want you to have to fucking think about this as much as I fucking thought about you. Live with what you've done, young man. Yes. That's why I don't believe in the death penalty because I do think that sitting and having to think about what you did is way worse than death. I'm like, it's, that feels like an easy way out. I'm like, no, you better fucking think about it, bitch.
0: I don't believe in the death penalty for just coming from a forensics background. Uh, a couple of reasons. It does not cut down on crime and it's way more expensive because of the amount of appeals people go through. So I I
1: was about to say the appeals process. And it's weird because people will
0: look at it and go, it's because you're a hippie liberal. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. It's because I don't like spending money. <laughs> I, if we're going to talk tax, just straight up tax dollars, it costs the taxpayer less money to put somebody in jail for life than to kill them. So even if we're talking, they're the most violent, the people we knew. Yeah. Put them in jail for life. It's actually cheaper for us.
2: Yeah. It's actually funny. Now that I'm big of it, like the original question was like, what's the worst thing you get on And We're talking about death. <laughs> and now and we're like, to Charles Manson. And punishment. But it's just true. I just feel like, I don't know. I was recently like stood up and like, in the worst way after being like, led on for like, talking to someone every single night for like two hours. And then he was just like, my therapist said we shouldn't meet. And it was just like, oh, I'm so confused, but also like, fuck this person. Like, I'm like, (laughs) I never felt like, oh, I'm gonna fucking ruin your life, dude. You wasted this much time of mine. Like, I don't know. It just feels like kind of shitty. But I guess
0: I don't know. I had a realization too. I just realized maybe I'm the worst person Krauss ever dated.
1: I did accidentally send somebody to punch him. So, we all are the worst person that someone's oh, yeah. ever dated to someone. Oh, yeah.
0: Somebody probably still tells the story of how Cybabe was a magnificent cunt to him. So, I'm down with that. I have an ex fiance. He has a number of stories about me. I don't have any ex fiances, <laughs> but someone has stories about all of us. I just haven't made it that
2: far in the rounds, but I could. Uh, yeah.
1: It's not that hard if your standards are low enough.
0: I want to give myself more credit. I don't think I'm... Nah, actually. You're like, but I actually want to be happy one day. I hear happiness is an emotion that people
1: feel... Not me, but some people. Girl, I was nineteen when I was engaged oh, for man. like a short while. Yeah. Oh. We all went through a stupid moment. <laughs> that was
0: Alice's. Not even smart teenagers or smart teenagers. Okay. I think the dumbest thing you did was getting engaged at 19. The, the smartest thing you do is walk away from that. Yeah, like I know a lot of people who got engaged as teenagers and then they realized, oh, I got engaged as a teenager.
2: I mean, if I was stuck to something that I chose at nineteen. Oh my God. <laughs> I cannot it's like I meet people who I was friends with in college and I'm like Yeah, Yeah, it's not. Let's not talk about it. uh, Yeah, mm -mm. I
1: actually, it's funny now because I'm spending a month right now um, in Savannah and I was walking with my dog behind some girls who weren't much younger than me and they kept talking about some sort of wedding or husband and whatnot and I couldn't help but eavesdrop because that's what I do now. We have no other social contact with humans, so. Exactly. But in my brain, I couldn't help but think to myself like, are these girls married? And then I thought to myself, I'm in Georgia. This is within the realm of possibilities. They're over the age of 12, yes. Yeah. So, uh, consenting. At least with Roy Moore. Uh, But I couldn't help but think to myself that... Oh, man, I probably skipped, like, my first ex-husband. Can you, like, most people, by the time they're 30, or at least traditionally, they've shacked up with someone, and uh, now they're going through divorce proceedings. And I've had a number of friends do that. I have said
0: this for years, like, cause I, I was a bridesmaid four times over after the first, was it the first bridesmaid? I think the first bridesmaiding, I was 25, like to, 25 is a perfect time of your life to still not be married because I don't think you're like, you've solidified into who you are until you're at least 27. Uh, like, and that's when men start to like, finally like hit, hit their final form. They're an adult by then. But like, I was driving like just a few days after my friend's wedding that I'd been a bridesmaid and she was 28, just got married. She was like, I really want to see you settle down. I'm like, settle down? You got married minutes ago. Minutes. Fuck off. She ended up getting married three times in eight years. One of them was literally a shotgun wedding. She was married for just the duration of the pregnancy. What? She wanted me to settle down. You know what? I got married when I was 34 to someone that I met when I was 31 and we're about Wait, to... just getting hitched for the duration of the pregnancy? Literally, she got pregnant, her mom was like, you guys should get married for the, because she doesn't have health insurance. They got married. And literally when she was still in the hospital after having the baby, I
1: mean, that actually makes sense. We're in the United States.
0: When she was in the hospital after having the baby, the guy shows up drunk as shit and throws some, I don't know the exact nature of the tantrum he threw. hospital security had to be convinced not to call the
1: police. But you do realize he had health insurance. So is it that bad? That's a catch in in America. So again, if you're a horrible person, have you, and if you have health insurance, is it that bad in America? I
0: decided not to go to her third wedding when I saw she registered for gifts for it. I'm like, bitch, the third wedding. But do you still need towels?
1: Do you need another fucking coaster for your coffee table? The third wedding. A lot of comedians don't have health insurance. So if you find, like, a nice guy comedian versus, like, just a jackass who has health insurance, who do you go to? You mean, like, choose? Yeah, who do we choose? Do we choose, like, the guy who definitely does not have insurance? You always just choose the guy with more assets.
2: There's no personality that's going to carry it through. No, you'd pick the guy with the assets, of course, always.
0: I've already decided that if this marriage does not work out, I'm not dating anymore. Like, I'm just, I'm by for a reason. Power lesbian couple? Look, I'm just saying... I can pleasure you in ways Michael can't.
1: How do you even date nowadays, which I'm shocked. I mean, Hannah, how do you do it? Like, I can't imagine being single nowadays.
0: I'm terrified by this concept.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I mean, it's not going well. So, <sighs> I'm so sorry. It's dark times. I think I just got to take a break.
1: I mean, I eventually found a guy through speed dating because I had this issue where bit knows this. I don't I think I've talked about this on a show, but I got to a point when I was online dating and I was online dating before it was cool, pre Tinder, just to give people an idea of my. You're like
2: eHarmony dot
1: oh, like match.com. I was on match. <laughs> I was on match for like two months, but. I was on OKCupid as well. Um, plenty of fish. Ooh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm that old. Wow, fuck. Um, I did
0: Yahoo Personals at one point. Oh. Oh, yeah, I'm old.
1: <laughs> Might as well do Craigslist, uh close personal count personal section. Misconnections.
2: Miss- oh. Craigslist misconnections. I made one as a joke one time, and the amount of penises that came into my phone when I was sleeping, I was like, oh, that was, like, kind of a joke. I just saw a hot guy in the cheese in my room. I was like, let's make one. So I, like, made one. And then... I got so many dicks in my text, I was like, oh, oh. that's like not funny. Like I'm like, this isn't funny.
0: Miss Encounters must be gone now. It are, is. M- not Miss Encounters. Miss must be gone now because they're all gone. Like now I just want to make fake uh misconnections. Be like, I saw you at the Starbucks on blah 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 on this just, you know, because I'm sure
2: I yeah, I wouldn't even make fake ones because people are so desperate right now. They're like, oh, that was me. <laughs> they're just like out there being like, I was at that Starbucks. They're like, they don't even know what you look like. Then they're like, yeah, no, they're, yeah, I'll be there. You know, just
0: post a picture. Be like, here's what I look like. And just, you know, post a picture of some of some ass that is not
1: yours. Be like, here, you might recognize me. But I got to a point where I was so exhausted with dating guys that I'm not even kidding when I would say I would get water uh, during the date. And then within five, 10 minutes, if I just was not clicking, I would leave, you know, just let them know. It's like, hey, this is great, but not a fit someone consider me a dick, but I was speed dating in my own way and not wasting anyone's time. Yeah, I was going
2: to say like, okay, maybe you're a dick, but also like you just didn't waste his time. Yeah, I mean, to
1: be
0: fair, I had dates that I wish I'd just left.
2: Oh, I left once on a date. I met a guy on a
1: herpes app. Of course it was a herpes app.
2: Yeah, and it was when I first got it and he seemed cool over text and we met and he told me women weren't funny. That was his like first (gasps) thing. Uh And I was
0: like, ooh. Ooh. he's a guy who read that Christopher Hitchens essay once and thought he was really, really smart for reading it ever since, isn't he? I
2: don't even think he read that fucking <laughs> essay. I don't think he's read a essay in his life. Oh man! So I was like, uh, like this guy, but I was feeling really low. So I was like, all right, like I'll continue talking to you. And then he's like, do you talk about herpes like in your act? And I just filmed a half hour and I was like, actually, I just filmed a half hour and uh, I did talk about it. Instead of being like, oh, that's great, you filmed, like, instead of just being like, oh, that's cool, you filmed a half hour, which I don't need, like, praise. No, like, like that's, that's I an amazing for, thing that like, you did.
0: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, no, it's just, like, a good segue for him to kind of, like, like, let's just get you off know? of what you're going to fucking say, which is rude. He's like, well, it's kind of gross. And I was like, oh, you think, it he's like, I guess I get what you're trying to do, like, you're trying to be a hero or something. We had like sat down and we were having drinks and I, he was like, I was like, I'm going to call an Uber. He was like, you're calling an Uber right now? And I was like, yeah. And then I just got up and left. I was like, fuck you, dude. Also, like we met on the fucking herpes app. You have herpes. So it's like,
0: (laughs) I was like, what are you talking about? I hope you yelled this in front of everyone
1: so they could all hear it. I want to stand for all the guys on the herpes app who don't have herpes. I mean, there's no one. on.
0: No, no one's on there.
1: <laughs> They're going
0: with the herd immunity approach to herpes. i have got to get it eventually. I should just get on the app. That'd be amazing.
2: I mean, he was wearing white jeans. His name was Scott. I was ah. like, look, dude, you got bigger problems than herpes. I don't know what to tell you. It was just like one of those moments where I was like, you know what? I'm feeling low, but
0: I'm definitely better than this. I shouldn't be so judgy about a guy in white jeans, but it's throwing me for some reason. And here's the thing. Nothing about him would have bothered
2: me. I probably would have fucked him because he would have like had herpes anyway, but he just blew it with his personality alone. I was like, you know, you blew it.
0: I was like, we didn't even have to have a conversation. Like, it's like you understand where your dick could have been tonight, son, and y y you, you couldn't hang on for dear life. Uh, and
2: that's what I realized. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just start dating guys and tell them, and if that's an issue, then that's a fucking issue. Cause I was like, I'm not dating based on like uh, we both have this disease, cause like yeah, fuck no. this.
1: I mean statistically, the numbers are in your favor, so just I know.
2: And honestly, I've dated guys since and no guy cares. <laughs> Exactly.
0: I was uh, involved with a person that I was uh, seeing with herpes for like three years, um, and there was a decent amount of sex had in that time. And uh, it's I still don't have it.
1: Look, we need to stop dating people based on STDs and based on how they feel about specific comedians. I think this Indeed. is the right way to go. You know, let's start asking. You know, who are your favorite writers? Who are your favorite comedians? And I'll tell you more about the person. Do you have any books on your shelves? any books? Have you read any of them? Do you
0: have them as props?
2: (laughs) I just think it's like very ignorant. It's like, I don't like to compare sexism to racism because I know racism is dangerous in that people are killed because of their race. So it's so unfair to compare it, but it's just such an ignorance that I'm like, (laughs) the fact that he said that I was just like, Oh, I'm, I'm better than you based on you saying that alone. You're just an ignorant person.
0: Yeah, like get that toxicity out of your life. If someone, their opening line is, women can't be funny, don't argue with them. Just go with someone else.
1: I guess what's always going to fascinate me is the fact that male comedians can have groupies and female comedians don't. I mean, unless you've experienced groupies. No, yeah. Okay. There's something biological there that I don't get or uh, low standards, probably. But I, I think it's just women
2: are more attracted to funny men. Yeah. yeah. I also think it's just like women.
0: It just lubricates us. It just, it makes us want to open our legs and say, let me wear you as a hat.
1: Like, what trauma makes the sweat. I don't understand it. Um
0: it makes us feel comfortable and making us feel comfortable is 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 the key to our pussy.
1: Damn it. Yeah, it's them being vulnerable probably. I think that's the thing about comedy is
0: like you're like here's my trauma and it's like, "Oh, you have trauma too. Let me comfort and nurture you with my pussy." And that is that's I think how it works.
2: Yeah, and also it's uh if you don't have a lot in common, if you can make someone laugh, it's yeah. just like a nice feeling to have like everyone likes to laugh so it's like if you can be laughing all the time you have to worry about like am I smart enough am I pretty enough am I enough of a person you're just like oh like I get it because I'm laughing and guys like that feeling of girls laughing at them because they're like oh like they don't have to think about if they're smart or whatever because they're like oh I'm making her laugh so that's all it is.
0: Yeah. I think the other thing is like, uh, guys try to make women laugh to get laid. Um, and I, I think there's a thing where you can feel. I mean, someone's, <laughs> oh yeah. And, and I think you can feel when someone's trying to like, Hey, I'm doing this. I'm putting on a show for you. It's, it's, there's a, a little peacocky aspect to it. I don't fucking know. I also don't get it. I find it interesting that like there's a pantheon of what kind of performer gets laid more uh, musician. Uh, you're getting laid like fucking crea- Depends on which part of the band you are. Guitarist, uh, lead singer, lots of laid keyboardist. Maybe not so much. All
1: I'm saying is that being a musician is like the only type of you can plagiarize someone else's work and you'll definitely get laid, which you that is not the case for a comedian. No. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, my okay. god. yeah. It's, you know, works for Carlos Mencia for for a bit. Just, just saying. Fair.
2: Yeah, that's true. It's worked for and some like, people. He's probably
0: still getting laid based off like he'll like
2: show them his Comedy Central show. Already <laughs> married him.
0: Worked know. for Dennis Leary, but Bill Hicks had to
2: die.
1: So. Uh, I mean, I guess
2: if you're keeping the legend living, you know, that's fucked up. All right. right.
1: So the next great app idea is it uh men doing comedy bits and women swiping right or left on them, I guess. Oh. Oh. <laughs> TikTok plus Tinder. That's what I've now developed. You're welcome for the next billion dollar idea.
0: We need a name for it. It's like I just would I fuck you based on your on your thirty second gif.
2: Based on what I fucked guys on before. Probably still yes. It's more a sadness in yourself, and that's what therapy is. That's what men, that's what they ride on, right? It's like...
0: Uh, They're relying on the last generation of daddy issues so they can eventually create the next generation of daddy issues. Oh, I'm not having kids, by the way. just wanted to clarify.
1: So speaking of daddies, we have patrons. We have people to thank. We do have people to thank. And this week, we want to thank... Gibbons Camp, LV, Mike Roberts, Jeff Larch, Matthew Barrett, John, Brian Gowdy, Stranger in a Strange Land, Bethany Nicole, Barry Lynn, Brett, Chris Clark, Howard Lee, and many, many others. And if you want to become a patron as well, head over to patreon.com slash Mike or twogirlsandmike.com and hit the support button. Help support our show. And by the way, all the money goes towards editing and keeping the lights on, which you guys do every single week for the last two years. We don't know why, but this is... We we keep getting listeners, and we keep getting more listeners, so we need more patrons, you know? And we're even getting, like... I just saw on Patreon... People from Europe now giving us money, uh, like in euros, so... There are Europeans listening to that. There are Europeans. We're huge in Europe. I'm famous in Canada. I want to be, like, famous in Nova Scotia or... No, not Nova Scotia. In, like... No, my family lives there. They can't... they They can't know... Look... Maybe, like, Greenland or something. Family's not allowed to know that
0: that sex happens. No.
1: Japan. Uh -uh. I don't know. I mean, I'm blonde, so, like, that gives me already a leg up in China somewhere. I know, should I move
2: there? <laughs> I guess not. Now's probably now. now is not a good time.
0: Not now.
1: They're not letting Americans in almost anywhere right now. So, but pre-COVID when I was in Beijing several years ago, when you're in the tourist sections and people come from out of town because you'll have a lot of people from like mainland China come into Beijing and all those areas where it's like they're tourists as well. It's like, you know, people from like just middle America going to New York. It's like, oh, this is new and fun. A lot of them have never seen a white person, let alone a blonde white person. So you will, if you want to feel like Taylor Swift, go to Beijing and hang out at all the tourist sections. Now I'm uh,
2: intrigued.
1: Where can people find more
2: of you online, <laughs> Uh Yeah, I'm at Hans Dickey, which I hate that that's my fucking handle because everyone's like, what? It's H-A-N-S. D-I-C-K-I-E. They're my two nicknames in college and I just molded them to one. And now it's like it feels a little too late to go back. I like it. And I have a podcast called Don't Tell Mom. You both should be on it. Oh, I love it.
1: Hell yes. Well, considering that there's a lot of things that I haven't told my mother, um, yes and yes. <laughs> You're going to give her a vibrator? I mean, you're going to give her
0: a back massager that can also be used to to massage her. Anyways, uh, y'all can find me at, uh, at the cybabe on Twitter and Instagram over at cybabe.com and at Facebook.com slash SciBabe, where, of course, I have biweekly uh, live streams uh, trying to explain the pandemic and all sorts of other sciency things. Alice, where uh, can our listeners find you and all things uh, the podcast?
1: So, guys, we have a bonus podcast episode with Hannah, which you should absolutely tune into because we talk about everything from name pronunciation to Hunter Biden and how Jared Kushner probably roofies people. Allegedly. Allegedly. To cover our Allegedly. Allegedly. I like literally
2: can't even remember the guy I went on a date with that told me that. Like, he, he was legit. I
1: mean, he went to Harvard. It's a whole thing. Allegedly, but.
0: he most definitely absolutely fucking did this. And Jared Kushner's a accru- Criminal piece of shit. Allegedly.
1: Allegedly, <laughs> we have a story about Rudy Giuliani talking a little too deeply about Hunter Biden doing anal. So subscribe to the Patreon, pay the five bucks, listen to all the bonus content we have. We have 30 plus episodes. You'll enjoy it. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye.